Good evening, everyone. Um, can I extend Richard's welcome and thank you for joining with us this evening, either in person here in the church or if you're watching at home on Zoom. As has been mentioned, in these four evenings in July, we are studying the book of Haggai, written across the year 520 BC. The people of Judah have returned from exile in Babylon, and they've stalled on their work to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Adam took us through chapter one, and his theme was conviction, as Haggai instructed the people to consider their ways and realign their priorities. Shriath looked at the start of chapter two with the theme of comparison, looking at the past glories of the temple compared to the ruins it currently was in, but with the future hope of God's glory restored. And this brings us to tonight's passage, Haggai chapter two, verses 10 to 19. Haggai delivers a challenge um, in these verses in a similar way to his challenge from chapter one, this time surrounding the concept of contamination. I'm gonna consider this passage in three sections. The first is from verses 10 to 14, which uses an analogy to explain the contagious nature of sin. Verses 15 to 17 then remind us that God warns against sin and we need to take that seriously. And finally, verses 18 and 19 offer an encouragement that God longs to bless his people. So if you have a Bible, if you turn with me to Haggai chapter two um, for our passage this evening. Haggai chapter two, um, verses 10 to 19. And this is the word of God. On the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priests about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priests answered and said, no. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priests answered and said, it does become unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, so is it with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord, and so with every work of their hands and what they offer there is unclean. Now then, consider from this day onward, before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? When one came to a heap of 20 measures, there were but 10. When one came to the wine vat, to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Consider from this day onward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider, is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing, but from this day on, I will bless you. The theme of contamination is what Haggai covers in this section as he speaks to the people of Judah in chapter two, verses 10 to 19. In verses 10 to 14, 
Haggai uses an analogy that is rooted in the Jewish concept of cleanliness. The video we saw earlier broke down the concept of cleanliness and priesthood that were introduced in the book of Leviticus. The people would have been very familiar with these ideas and they understood that they carried the utmost importance. That would maybe explain why Haggai uses it as his analogy. Haggai considers a priest carrying holy meat in the fold of his garment. If the fold carrying the holy meat touches another piece of food, that food does not become holy. This element of cleanliness or holiness wasn't simply transmitted across through contact. However, if someone who was deemed unclean through contact with a dead body touched this holy meat, the meat was then deemed unclean. The unclean thing defiles whatever it comes into contact with. Now, these ideas from Jewish ceremonial law can be difficult for us to understand here in 2021, but the current coronavirus pandemic has offered us a bit of a real-life example into some of these concepts. Government-enforced restrictions, constant mask wearing, social distancing, and not even seeing family or friends for periods of weeks or months have been the norm. Life as we know it has been completely changed because contagious diseases are very dangerous. Not only is it the fact that people get sick, but it's the fact that these illnesses can spread from person to person, and this is what, what required such strict action to be taken. We've all been so wary of contamination. If, you, if a person with COVID um, went into a room with healthy people, um, would we expect these people to cure this one sick individual? No we would return to find that multiple people had been infected. Disease like this spreads. While Haggai uses this example of the holy meat, the point he really wants to get across is about the spiritual issue of sin. In verse 14, Haggai turns his focus to the people saying, so is it with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord, and so with every work of their hands and what they offer is unclean. The people's refusal to continue the work on the temple was a blatant disobedience of God's command. This disobedience then impacted everything else that they brought before the Lord as an offering. Sin is a spiritual contagious disease that can spread and it impacts each and every one of us along with every aspect of our lives. But the problem is this poses such a major problem for us because God is holy and everything in his presence must be holy. So if there is a contamination of sin, it creates this barrier between people and God. Haggai uses verse 14 to convey this warning to the people that their work and their actions were being defiled as they continue to allow the unfinished temple to sit in their midst. Moving on to verses 15 to 17, Haggai changes his attention to what God had done during the time before the restoration of the temple began. In verse 17, Haggai says, I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with heal, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. The people of Judah had been given a warning from God previously. 
before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, the land of the people was struck by blight, mildew, and hail. This prevented agricultural prosperity in the land, and this is what the people relied for or on for their livelihood. All the while, the temple sat in ruins. And yet the people did not turn from their ways. This was drastic action from the Lord, but one that was motivated out of love for his people. He wanted them to turn from their sin, the thing which separated them from God, and obey him. And finally, in verses 18 and 19, Haggai turns the focus onto life since restoration began again. He marks this with the words, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, and he tells the people of God's promise to bless them. Here Haggai is referencing the resumption of the restoration of the temple in 520 BC. But the people haven't become perfect, holy, or sinless in God's sight, but they have obeyed his command to finish restoring the temple, and God was willing to use them. Haggai then goes on to use an illustration of harvest, saying that the trees have yielded nothing, but from this day on, I will bless you. Helpfully for us, the passages in Haggai are dated, and we know that this section was written on the 18th of December. The people would have planted their seeds, but the day of harvest was still months away. They sowed their seeds in faith that the day of harvest would come and they would have produce in the future. The resumption of the temple work was similar. The people hadn't seen immediate blessing and their situation was still bleak since they started their restoration of the temple again. But from this day onward, God had promised to bless them. The change in attitude from the days of the temple sitting in ruins to now promised a better future than the days mentioned in verses 15 to 17. So what does this mean for us today? Well, to start with, it can be easy for us to read of the people of Judah and their disobedience by not rebuilding the temple and criticize them. But, but as I find studying this passage, I've been challenged just how often I disobey what God has commanded. We can allow sins to remain in our lives unconfessed that defile and contaminate us. Perhaps we put ourselves in situations where we are tempted to sin. We prioritize things of the world and put them before our relationship with God. We must recognize that sin can spread if it is allowed to fester. And you see, allowing sin to spread and contaminate us is so dangerous because sin has consequences. God tried to show this to the people by allowing their crop to fail and preventing produce. In the New Testament, God lays this out clearly to us. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, Paul writes that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Sin is something that impacts each one of our lives. No one is exempt. He then goes on to say in the first half of Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that for the wages of sin is death. Not only does sin impact each one of us, it comes at a price. God cannot allow sin into his presence. 
He is holy, and everything that is in his midst must also be holy. The challenge for us who follow the Lord Jesus is the same challenge that Haggai passed on to the people, and that is to recognize the sin in our lives and ensure that it is dealt with. But thankfully for us, this passage doesn't end here. Haggai concludes this section with an encouragement to the people. The people of Judah dealt with this major problem of sin by turning from disobedience to obey God. They restarted the work in the temple as God had commanded them to do. When we put our trust in the Lord Jesus and his death on the cross, which took the punishment for us and paid the price for our sins, we had our sins forgiven and we became children of God. But we still disobey him and sin. But in the same way, we protected ourselves against coronavirus by wearing masks, using hand sanitizer, and receiving vaccines, we can protect ourselves against the problem of sin. We can spend more time in a relationship with him through prayer and the study of his word. And this has been a challenge that has been reinforced to me while I was preparing for this evening. We can leave sin unconfessed and block our relationship with the Lord Jesus. Perhaps during lockdown, we've got out of the way of meeting and spending time together as believers. And that's something that we can consider making a part of our routine again. In particular, we can partake in communion at the church as we focus our minds on what Jesus did for us on the cross. We too can protect ourselves by turning from our disobedience and put God at the center of our lives. But it is important to note here that the people Haggai was speaking to weren't suddenly free from the problem of sin. They were still part of a fallen world, after all. The people of Judah had ignored God's instructions to resume building of the temple, even after he sent his warning through their crops. But yet in the midst of their sin and disobedience, God still gave this important task to the people. God doesn't require perfect people to carry out his work. He uses ordinary people to fulfill his extraordinary mission. But as we saw in verses 10 to 14, and then again in verses 15 to 17, this isn't an excuse for us to ignore the risks of sin. But it is a wonderful truth that if we turn our focus onto the Lord, he will use us for the furthering of his kingdom. But just to close, maybe there's someone listening to this service who hasn't trusted Jesus as their savior. The whole story of the Bible is how God loves each one of us and sent his son to deal with this problem of contamination through sin. It is written in John chapter three and verse 16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God is a holy God and our sin has consequences. And as I mentioned before, in Romans chapter six, verse 23, God warns everyone that the wages of sin is death. But thankfully, that verse doesn't end there. The apostle Paul goes on to write, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
God, through his great love, doesn't want anyone to miss out on the offer of forgiveness of sins. He has done everything that is needed to deal with the contamination of our sin. By his death on the cross, he takes this contamination that should be ours, the thing that's preventing us from being in a right relationship with the Lord and put it on himself. And just like how the people of Judah were provided a future blessing when they obeyed the Lord and turned their focus to him, if we turn to him in faith, we will receive an even greater gift than the one they received, and that is an inheritance that will last for all eternity. Let's just pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for this time that we've spent together looking at your word, and we thank you for the book of Haggai and what we can learn from it. Lord, we acknowledge that we often allow ourselves to become contaminated from sin, but we are so thankful that you sent your son as a perfect living sacrifice so that we can be made right in your sight. Help us to never lose sight of this wonder, wonderful truth. Lord, be with us as we part this evening and help us as we go into the rest of this new week. In your name.